Pat Kopke-Bavie. She's Brianna Osborne and this is Inside Exec. This week we want to talk about the situation that many businesses find themselves in now of being able to re- welcome back staff or take on new staff. And I particularly want to talk about how that affects your frontline staff. If you're introducing new frontline staff to your organisation and you don't have a full complement of staff, so these people have got no one that would normally mentor them in the work situation. So in the past, we might have seen that when your frontline staff commence work, that they they are buddied up, they are working with someone on the front line, so they've always got someone to help them in those early stages of learning about a local system, learning about how your organisation likes to treat customers that come through their frontline interactions. And it is a topic that we talked about in one of the case studies, so if you haven't heard that, that's probably a good one to listen to as well. My main concern, obviously, comes from an interaction that I had recently where someone who was obviously new was trying to assist me in a a particular activity and couldn't do it and the supervisor looked over the shoulder and muscled her away and took over, didn't say anything to me and the the poor young person who had been helping me initially was embarrassed about the level of, I would have to say manners, the, the level of, of courteousness that was being shown to me as the customer. And I think sometimes this is enhanced by the fact that they are behind a screen these days. And that even though it's a clear screen, it is still a barrier and that there's some underlying feeling that they are protected or they're hidden in some way from what the customer is seeing. Now, from my point of view, if we look first of all at my reaction as the customer in this instance, I was embarrassed for the young person who had been helping me and was obviously having trouble with the computer system that she was using and that was the issue at that point, is that, that she couldn't see where in the system she could do what I was asking her to do and I wasn't concerned that it was taking too long, I was happy for her to take her time and to find the right way to do it, I, understood, I felt that she was going to do the best she could for me and it was the manner in which the supervisor came in and took over that concerned me. Obviously it was a training period and she was showing this young person what to do in this situation but there was no acknowledgement that I was still there, that I was waiting for the interaction, no acknowledgement of, of the rapport that we might have built up up to that point, this frontline person and I. And in the end when it was resolved no real acknowledgement of me by the supervisor just she just almost nodded her head and turned away not a smile not a word of not not anything that had I been the person learning I would want to have emulated as as my behavior and and even worse than that it was giving off the message that this is what you do you know if you're the boss this is what you do when you're in the, the customer interaction phase. Now contrast that to another place that I frequent where very similar thing happened because they've got a lot of new staff that are coming through and being trained 
and there was a supervisor there and I had no idea that this supervisor was in fact the general manager of the organisation. To me, he acted in exactly the same way as all of the other staff did. He interacted with me exactly the same way. He looked at me, and, and this is a, a bugbear of mine, and I will go on about that in another episode, but it's about looking at the person you're talking to. You know, use your eyes, interact with them at that level, acknowledge that they also are there, that in a lot of cases they're paying for the service that was being provided by your organisation. In management terms, it's about ensuring that the ethos of your organisation is being communicated to your staff by your actions as well as by your words. And so we look at, take you back 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, whatever it is, to when you were first learning. Think about the people that you learnt from and what you learnt from them, good and bad, because the bad habits, like anything, tend to be the easy way and it's often the way that gets repeated because it's easy. Providing good service can be simpler than providing bad service but it's not easy you do have to work at it you do have to concentrate it's not always appreciated from the other point of view and that can be discouraging and so you think well why would I bother to give them this level of service when they don't really care or they don't tell me that it's important for a percentage of the population it's never going to be right it's never going to be important but for a lot of your repeat business which is what you want they come back because of the service, the level of service that they get because of the way all of the staff are treated. Now again in these two organisations, the majority of the frontline staff were very good but there were very varied levels of service that were provided in that environment whereas the second organisation where I didn't know the general manager was there, to a person from the what would be considered the bottom rung of employment there to himself, they were all the same. They all had exactly the same approach. It didn't matter where you interacted with them. They had the same attitude. They were obviously happy in their work, happy to be there, felt that they were recognised, felt that they were providing a valuable service, whatever that service was within the organisation. And so my choice when I compare the two, is that I will always go back to the second one, even though it is significantly more expensive. I am happy to pay for service, but it's, it's more than that. I'm happy to interact with an organisation that treats its people so well that they are prepared to be the face of an organisation. They're prepared to take on responsibility. They're prepared to ask if they can't fix something now in both in the second organization as I said I did have a a problem with an issue that needed to be resolved the frontline staff that I first interacted with said up front she said I don't know how to do this quite happy to acknowledge that she didn't know how to do that but she said I'm going to ask and she gave me his name and she said I'm going to ask this person to help me because he's had a lot more experience in this organization than me And that way I can learn so that even though I can't fix it for you this time, I will be able to do it any other time that I get asked. Now, as a customer, I understand the process. I know that's what's going to happen. I know she's she's learning. She's been honest enough to say she doesn't know. so, So nothing is hidden from me and I don't feel like I don't know what's happening. 
I guess the message that I would like to share with you as managers is to ensure that your actions, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever situation you are in, that your actions are a reflection of how you want your customers, whether they're internal or external, to see your section, your organisation. The added part of that is that for where you are in a position where your frontline staff need to be trained at a time now where there may not be the same experienced people available on a day-to-day basis to train them, that they have some mechanism for overcoming that lack of training, that lack of process, whatever else it is, so that they're not put in the embarrassing situation of not knowing what to do and not knowing how to act. And it's about how to act. You know, this is all about how our actions are perceived by others. Isn't it interesting that two different styles of managing frontline staff and their training had a huge impact on the customer, in this case, Kim? In the first case, it was absolutely bad impact, which meant no return business and no recommendations. For the second one, it was very positive experience, again, return business and recommendation. So that's really important to note is what you do as a manager and how you train your staff make a big difference to your organisation, to you personally and to the staff member. In that first example, another thing I thought of when I heard of this experience is the fact that even if you did everything right as a manager and came in and took over, which is not recommended, there is a huge impact negatively there where the customers, you disempowered your staff member and a customer will just ask for the manager. And this is not really your job to be serving there. Your job is to manage and to let your staff manage. Otherwise, you wouldn't have them. So, yes, you've got to be aware that what you do does matter. Now, in relation to training frontline staff and the situation as it is now with a lot of remote, I honestly can't see why it can't be just as effective. In fact, I am sure because one of my mentees who is a manager, middle manager with a good group of people who are frontline people, and she just hired some new staff. She did everything that she would normally have done, but done it online. I'll just give you some examples. So the induction to the organization was done online. Managers from the different areas that this area interacts with and the person interacts with came and spoke virtually online and took questions and answers from their new starters. So that normally happens in a room one after another. It just happened on the screens. Yes, I love face-to-face a lot more than a screen, but it's still effective. So that was good. The other thing is about the buddying. She actually did that. She said, usually you'll have a mentor, in-house mentor and a buddy, and we're going to go ahead with that. How you do that is by buddying the people up and you will have the same calendar For the next week, you've shared the calendar and you attend every meeting, every customer interaction, etc. To have the advantages of the learning without impacting the customers, in some cases, it was more appropriate for the person not to be in the video, so mute the camera, 
but be there so customer can't see you as a learner but you're hearing firsthand how the interaction between your mentor in this case and the customer in other cases it was very much introducing the person saying i have john here with me he's one of our new people i want to introduce you would you mind if he sits on this call or would you mind if he sits on this meeting and most customers say absolutely fine examples of that even when you get on a bus sometimes you have a, a trainee and a driver and your life is in their hands, <laughs> but you're confident that they are buddying up and you could see that. So there is no reason why you can't do it. A lot of you may have been at a specialist appointment where again, they ask you or in a hospital situation, would you mind that I've got these grads or uh, whatever be present? You could say yes or no. So why won't you do it in this case as well? The most important thing is people do learn on the job. They, Of course, they can go through all the theory and the process and the procedure and all of that. But actual customer interaction and how you respond to the customer, as we heard with Kim's experience, can make the business grow or not so much or even go backwards. I totally agree that the manager has to find the best way and I'm absolutely delighted with the innovative ways managers have now come to the party to train their staff and have more frequent communication with them at the beginning of their career or when they're going from one level to another to compensate for the fact that they can't walk the same corridor and observe things they don't normally. And if you need any help, of course, if you've got any specific questions you want to ask us or any case studies you want us to respond to, we'd be happy to. I'm Kim Barvish, it's Brianna Osborne and this is Inside Exec.